rambling in Havana I took a little risk Send lawyers, guns and money Dead, get me out of this Welcome, everyone. Episode 44 of the Matt Jones Podcast. Taping this on a Thursday afternoon. I think we'll actually probably put it up on Friday. Uh, good podcasting. This is like an enjoyable one. All right. I've already taped these interviews, so I know what's coming. But we start with Barrett Sally. Who, Sally? Sally? I guess I should get that right. But he was he's with Bleacher Report. He's been down at the SEC meetings, which is where they have all the SEC conference people. Going to talk a little SEC football as we talk. Uh, in a, and I asked him about what Mark Stoops, sort of the opinion about him in the SEC. He's really good, worth checking out. And then in the second half, a lot of fun with Josh Hopkins. Josh Hopkins uh, joined me to talk about his UK fandom, et cetera. And at the end, a special guest just shows up and says one of the funniest things I've ever heard. So you got to stay till the very end for that, but I think you'll like it a lot. Um, so I think you'll enjoy this episode. It's sponsored, by the way, by um, Touch of Modern. Touchofmodern.com. Of course, that's the website I've been telling you all about. You need to download the app. Touch of Modern has all kinds of modern, cool gear. You know, they've got little doodads, they've got shoes, they've got shirts, they've got all kinds of things. Every time I get on here, usually on the on these ads, I'll just pull up what they have, and it's always neat stuff, and I think, well, why don't I buy one of those? So, for instance, uh, they have this new uh, uh, ja- these jackets, the Watts Loungewear. I see they've got baskets, modern steel racks and baskets, leather goods, leather shoes, canvas prints, and a lot of other things, including Game of Thrones-inspired barware. I don't even know what that means, but if you like Game of Thrones, you'll probably like it. So go to Touch of Modern or touchofmodern.com. I shop there all the time. If you're like me, if you do it, you'll end up getting hooked and you'll go more stuff at Touch of Modern. So with that, let's go ahead and call up our good friend, Barrett Sally. Well, he's not really a good friend. I'm just meeting him, but I bet he would be our good friend. All right. Now joining me on the phone from bleacherreport.com down at the SEC meetings. I'm obviously uh, envious and as are the children behind him. Barrett, Sally from Bleacher Report. Barrett, how are you? I'm good. Just uh, enjoying the scenery a little bit. It's a slower, uh, slower day toward, or the slower days are towards the end of the week. So, uh, so we get a chance to actually see what they call a beach, which for the first two days, doesn't seem like it exists down here. Now, what, what is? I never have totally understood the SEC meetings. I mean, I guess in theory they're down there, you know, they're discussing things with the conference, the athletic directors, etc. But what is the media doing? Are you just hoping to run into people? Well, they have some structure. I mean, there's a, uh, you know, they have the coaches and ads and presidents have, you know, their meetings set and. You know, the Tuesday and Wednesday, the coaches are here, and there's a there's a big whiteboard in the media center, and they just sort of scribble on when coaches will be available. Um, it's a lot more relaxed than uh, than media days, which is, you know, why it's a good event to come to because you actually get good quotes and good information. Now, some of the content is kind of boring um, because let's be honest, no one really cares about satellite camps. They just care that their coaches care about satellite camps. But um, you know, for the most part, it's uh, you know. Hurry up and wait. A lot of sitting around in the media center, uh, cranking out stories after we talk to folks. And, you know, eh, on, on days like Thursday and Friday, you get a chance to, to see the beach and hang out a little bit and, and, and enjoy it a little bit. Let's be honest. There's, there's, there's work being done here. But even for us media guys, if somebody tells you they're not having fun, they're lying. Yeah, I mean, like, I always love it when you when the media folks act like this is a, you know, that they're out like working in the steel mines or something. I mean, you guys, <laughs> you guys are at the beach in Destin. Okay, so we'll give me the let's start big picture and not Kentucky, but big picture. What are the headlines from the weekend? Is I mean, I feel like the biggest headline didn't even really happen there, which is this Harbaugh Saban thing. Is that what you think? Kind of is the story of the week. It's what's it's what's being talked about nationally. Um, but you know, I'll be honest. Um, the, Saban spoke Tuesday afternoon, right before he went into the first meetings for for coaches, and we had already got about five or six coaches before that, and not one of them mentioned satellite camps. Um, the Saban went on his rant, and it was like the whole thing changed. Um, and, and yeah, it has become the talk of, of, of media days, because I think the SEC is going to put forth some sort of idea as to what they think the future, you know, needs to be in terms of 
satellite camps, how you regulate them, how you, uh, which ones you're allowed to go to, things of that nature. How do you prevent third-party folks from getting in? How do you prevent NCAA violations from happening? Because, you know, Nick Saban wasn't – Nick Saban never accused Michigan of NCAA violations. He accused camps of being ripe for secondary violations, which is true because in June it's a non-contact period, and – you never know who you're talking to at these camps. I mean, you could be talking to somebody outside of the door and not recognize that he's a handler or a booster or whatever and be committing violations. So, um, Yeah, but isn't that, that has- true? I mean, like, I feel like on this issue, and I tend to be pro-SEC, but I feel like these SEC coaches, or at least the ones that I hear talk about, seem like such whiny butts. I mean, isn't every, oh, they are. isn't everything like ripe for a violation? I mean, I sort of agree with Harbaugh. Like, you guys are getting in trouble for cheating, Old Miss, Alabama. Why are you talking about these camps? No, I, I, I'm 100% on board with you from that regard. But I think the, the concern that you're going to have NCAA violations, it, that's a real thing. Um, now, that's not why they're complaining. They're complaining because they're protecting their turf. I mean, yes, they'll tell that's you, why they'll tell you something else. Yeah, that's why they're that complaining. Is, that, that is why they're complaining. But the, but the, the, the NCAA part, that, that is real. Um, you know, that, that's not a huge deal, but it's, it's real. So, you know, the, the Harbaugh, I'm, I'm on board with Harbaugh. I think, you know, you should, if you want to have satellite camps, that's fine. I think there should be a limit as to, to when and how many you can do because – I'll be honest, 35 camps in 30 days of June seems kind of ridiculous. Well, I mean, but at that point, you're only doing that. I mean, like... Like you're doing you, it for marketing. Well, I mean, but you're also, but I'm saying like when you regulate, let's say you regulate and you say, well, you can only do like six. Really, you're doing that just because you collectively want to have a quality of life. There's no principle behind it, correct? The, that's per, that's some of it. I, I think you want to limit exposure for, for other programs and, and keep recruiting regional too. Um, but yeah, I mean, quality of life is, is part of it. You know, the coaches want to be able to spend time with their families in the summer. Now, while they're spending time with their families, they're also texting recruits. They're yeah. also DMing recruits. Yeah, I don't feel sorry. Table. I'm sorry. I don't feel sorry <laughs> I mean, for these coaches at all. I mean, I, I, I sometimes think these coaches who make insane amounts of money. Now, I grant you the assistant coaches that are doing a lot of the work, it's not like that. I get that. But still, I think they forget that there are actually people out there that have real jobs that work. They don't get entire summers off. I mean, I just when I hear these people, these coaches whine, I mean, I just want to say, cry me a river and hush. No one's making you do these jobs. No, no one's making. But but see, the thing about it is 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 what they're really mad about is that they want to be at their own dinner tables, texting texting recruits and and doing whatever they need to do, you know, through burner phones or whatever. If they're if they're at camps, they can't do that. I mean, they, they, they got a coach at camps. So, oh, I see um, through burner phones. I like. I love the cynicism there, Barrett. That's very nice. Assuming burner I mean, phones. It's true. I mean, I just assume that that's always the case. Uh, all right. So. If that's the big issue, oftentimes I find in these SEC meetings, there are sort of secondary issues that maybe come up that end up actually being important down the road. Any of that stuff sort of permeating down there? Yeah, actually, I thought the biggest issue on Tuesday, um, even though Nick Saban talked about satellite camps for 20 minutes and that became a story, the the bigger issue on Tuesday, and really I think the, the more important thing throughout the entire week is the path back for underclassmen who declare early or at least a way to get underclassmen, you know, better information. Um, now this is on the football side, right? Not the basketball side. Yeah. I mean, basketball, when they talk about basketball, I tune out because I don't cover hoops, but, uh, you know, you know, when it comes to, to, to football, you can't do it like basketball because a player has to withdraw. They have to pay for training. Um, they, there, there's no way that you can declare for the draft and keep your eligibility. Um, that's, and, and come back after the draft. So, I think there's been a couple ideas floated. Uh, one. Wait a minute. Why? Why can't you? I mean, you say there's well, no way, but you could. You could just in going to the draft. You could just train at your school. Well, but you're not going to get the quality of training and and be as prepared for the combine at your school because they're they're busy preparing their own players. So you're going to have to go to a private place that that their whole business is getting players ready for the draft. Okay. That's expensive. And so the and, question is, and, once you've paid for all that, how do you get to come back? Yeah, I mean that's always paid by agents, yeah. and so you know you're you're, uh, you're you're not coming back at that point. Um, and then on top of that, you're you're sitting out from school. So 
you know, you're going to have to bust your tail in summer to, to stay eligible or already have busted your tail enough to, to have. The, so do the they not, do they not do again? I, I guess I'm not familiar, but in basketball, when guys declare for the draft, they have to finish that semester or it hurts the APR for the basketball program is football a semester by semester basis. And they can just drop out in the spring. Is that how it works? Yeah, they, if you declare early, you drop out for spring, and that's the thing is, you know, you play your – okay, what happens okay, – let's just say you play a bowl game. You play the national championship game on January 13th or pick whatever mid-January day it's going to be. Um, you, if you're already enrolled in school for January, um, to just to play in that game, you drop out right after, um, and then you're out for an entire year. Or, and it doesn't or, or, or hurt the schools – and it doesn't hurt the schools' APR – for an entire, so I, you know, I don't. I, I, I think if you come back, um, it, it'll readjust. But uh, it would, it would readjust. But yeah, I mean, I think it would hurt their APR depending on where that student is. Um, but you know, you, you, you'd be out for a year, it'd be almost, or a semester. You'd have to, you know, get enough credits in the summertime to be eligible in the fall, and you, you would have probably shelled out thousands of dollars to get training, uh, and probably taking. Let's just say you go through the draft. Think about how many impermissible benefits you're getting. Oh yeah, no kidding. You know, Suits and all, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah I yeah, mean, just that, yeah. everything, everything that happens to you is an impermissible benefit at that point. So you can't legitimately do it. So I think that the idea is a have an underclassman combine, say Martin Luther King Jr. weekend, where you know paid for by the school, hold it somewhere, whatever doesn't matter, um, where you have you know the the players who submit their names go to a location paid for by the school with NFL scouts there that give them real information, Not, you know. Will Muschamp said it on on Tuesday. There are just some kids that don't like school. And that's the truth. That's fine. They're they're going to listen to whoever tells them go make money. But you know, some kids are getting bad information and acting on it. And that that's the that's the goal that they need to avoid. So the underclassmen combine is one idea. Another is at a pro day. Uh, you know, whether it be March, April, whenever. Let juniors that are going to be or let. Let players who are going to be draft eligible the following year for the first time test and let them have those scouts eyeballs in front of them, too. Gotcha. So they know going into their what could be their final year of eligibility in college where they are. You know, the scout has told them, hey, you know, you're not quick enough. Your hips aren't, are not you know, loose or, you know, whatever they tell you, you know, just uh, let let them have that information so. They can a work on that, which I think college coaches would love because they, then there's actual you know, another set of eyes that you know haven't seen them you know all year long for the last three years, telling them probably what they've been told their entire careers anyway. So I think those two ideas are are the are, are really important ideas, and I think um, it should be the biggest story out here this week when the SEC uh, you know announces some recommendations on Friday. I don't know if it is the biggest story, but it's the most important, I think. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I, 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 you know, this has happened on the basketball side. They've allowed these players to kind of go through the process, and I think it kept some players not not a, not a ton, but some players from making bad decisions. Um, and 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 that's good. So I, I feel like there there needs to be some way to do it. I don't know how often that happens in basketball. But the thing about basketball, or excuse me, in football, the thing about football is, unlike basketball, though, they don't have the overseas slash minor league option. Yeah. So, like, it's it's kind of feast or famine, right? Yeah, I mean, basketball, you can go make a hundred grand somewhere else, you know, halfway across the world, and still make it pretty good living. I had a friend that did that that I went to high school with, D.A. Lane, who played in Greece for a long, long time. I think it was Greece or Italy or somewhere. Um, it made a good living. D.A. Lane good, from that, Georgia? Is that who you're that talking is, about? That is, that is correct. Oh, look at you. I love, yeah. like, random SEC basketball names of the past. I, yeah, I, I went to high school with D.A. I actually still oh. talk to him today. Well, tell D.A. Lane I used to love watching him on Jefferson Pilot with uh, Tom I, Hammond <laughs> and Larry Conley, right? So, I will. Funny, funny story about D.A. In, in high school, him and Antoine Dixon, who played at Florida State, were all my high school team. They were really good. Um, you know, And, and so D.A. would literally just – he 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 was a very low key guy. He just kind of stroll up the court, and I wasn't the biggest basketball fan, but I I went to a lot of the games because I was you know that's what you did. He'd literally pull up from the logo, like totally low key, just chill. Pull up from the logo five times a game, just drain like almost half court shots. He was just a he people was a don't realize how good mediocre college players were in high school. Like it's just a oh, different, yeah. it's just a different level of thing. All right, I'm going to interrupt here just a second and tell you Father's Day is coming. Chances are you don't know yet what to get your father. I never do. So how about Omaha Steaks, the Matt Jones Meat Package? Some people don't like that name. So maybe I'll just say the Father's Day Meat Package. How about that? 
For $49.99, you can get a set of meat that will make your father so happy he will forget the fact that you've not called him enough over the course of the last year. They have filet mignon, pork, chicken, beef, uh, burgers, all of it, meatballs, delivered right to your door or his door for $49.99. It's an 80% off savings. That's 80%. I mean, that's crazy. If you've ever had Omaha steaks, you know they're the best steaks. They're better than you can get at your grocery. There's a reason why the name has lasted so long, because they're the best. And you can get the Matt Jones or Father's Day meat package delivered right now. The promo code is Matt. It's really simple. Matt, M-A-T-T, $49.99. I promise you, promise, 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 that if you have it, you'll like it. They delivered me a big bundle, and I've eaten them, and it's wonderful omahasteaks.com promo code matt for father's day give it for your dad all right let me ask you I, I, reporters know this in a way and, and, and that other people don't and and they're hesitant to say it but i want you to say it because this is a podcast and and so so you give us the real scoop you're mm-hmm. around sec coaches you're around sec media Tell me, what do they think of Mark Stoops? Like, do they think, like, what is the scuttlebutt on Stoops uh, in terms of what they think his likelihood of success is, what he's done here, et cetera? You know, they don't really think anything of, of him. You know, he doesn't come up all that often in our, in our sort of, like, down here, we haven't talked about him all that much. We did talk to him yesterday. Uh, but, you know, I think, I think folks recognize that he's done a lot of good for Kentucky in terms of, Boosting fan support, facilities, you know, recruiting has, has certainly improved. He's done a lot of good. Um, but I think there's some concern as to, you know, how much patience Kentucky will have with him. Because he's owed a lot next year. Um, you know, so that may keep him around if there's another fader out. But the fact that they've had pretty good starts the last couple of seasons and just fallen off the table... You know, it, I think it, it suggests, and I think a lot of folks down here recognize that, you know, he's a, he's the, he's a good coach. Is he the right guy for that job? Um, the, I don't know the answer to that, to be honest with you, because, you know, the highs for Kentucky have been pretty high early in seasons for, for Kentucky, for under, under Stoops, but the lows are just abysmal, and that does come with recruiting. I mean, that, the, 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 the fade routes the last couple of, of, of falls – the reason those happen are, are in part due to the depth that Kentucky just doesn't have. Yeah. Um, now he is building that depth, it, you know, I, but I, I think, can you win doing what he wants to do? I think you can this year. What do you mean by that? When you game. say win the way, like, is he the right fit? What do you mean? Are you, do you mean like I mean, he's a defensive I mean, guy and or what, what do you mean? Yeah. I mean, I've always thought that Kentucky should and needs to, Go the Hal Mummy route. Now, yeah. I know Hal Mummy has his issues, but just be different. Be be unique in the SEC. Be something that you know it makes a, a coach on an opposing sideline have to approach his week differently when they play Kentucky when they prepare for Kentucky because you don't have the talent. You're, Kentucky's never going to be Alabama, Auburn, you know, A and M, LSU, Georgia, Florida, Tennessee. It's never going to be that in terms of having that kind of talent on the roster. So how do you negate that? You be unique, uh, whether that be the air raid like they had with Mummy and, and sort of tried to do with Shannon Dawson, not, not successfully. Um, whether you do that with a, a triple option team like Georgia Tech has done. I mean, See, I, think they don't, with- I don't think they buy your initial premise. Now, by the way, I agree with you. I think you're exactly right. I've said that for, you know, 10 years. Mm-hmm. But I think they believe that if they can get to six or seven wins, that they can recruit – Maybe not top five, ten talent, but consistent top 20 talent because they think, and I think there's some truth to this, that they're the number two team in the state of Ohio right now in recruiting. That they sort of believe they're just one getting over the hump year from getting guys that are pretty daggone good. Do you think that's plausible? Yeah, I mean, but then again, if you're the number two team in in Ohio in terms of recruiting, you're still not getting the best guys because the number one team in Ohio is getting all the best guys. You know, yeah, but that, having, but you know, the number two guys in Ohio are probably as good as the number three and four guys in Florida and Georgia, et cetera. I mean, I, I yeah, but 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 everybody else is getting like the best and second best in those two states. <laughs> so you know, yeah. it's it, you know, but I think what what the goal and what you're saying and i think what what kentucky if let's be honest if kentucky wins seven games a year 
Oh, people here ball. will put people, a statue up of him. Yeah, Rich. Yeah, I mean, Rich Brooks almost did that, and he's he's a legend. People don't appreciate how good Rich Brooks was back in the day. Yeah, he was awesome. Um, you know, so you know, I, I think they can do that. They've got to find their offensive identity. And I, I, Eddie Grand's a good offensive coordinator, and I think he's the right guy. The question is, do, does Kentucky have the receivers, and do they have the time? Um, because if, if things go south this year, if, if they go five and seven or four and eight. Is is Stoop sticking around? Are they going to be as patient with him as they may need to be? Because they weren't that good two years ago, but got off to a hot start. They were okay last year. Then the quarterback sort of, you know, Toll sort of lost his mind, and they had to make a change and all that stuff. You know, are they going to be as patient this year, knowing that you've got one of the best running back tandems in the SEC? You've got a an offensive line that is is. Not great, but when you look around the SEC, there isn't a great one this year. Yeah, they're good um, enough. You know, good enough. They're good yeah. enough. Good enough. Exactly. Good enough. Um, defense is obviously an issue. Six of the best seven uh, seven leading tacklers are gone. But you know, I think they've I, got I, a I, lot of young talent on defense. I think ultimately, though, doesn't all this come down to will Drew Barker be good? It's it's will Drew Barker be good and do they make a bowl game? You know, if if Kentucky goes six and six. And well, they Drew can't Barker's make a bowl game if he does not good, right? I mean, I don't well, know. I don't know. In the SEC East, well, you have to beat <laughs> you have to beat Missouri, Vandy, and in, in, in South Carolina, and and they've beaten South Carolina the last two years. I, I think the game that haunts them, Barrett, is Vandy. I mean, they, you know, Vandy's, how, how do you Vandy's lose? Vandy's going to be good. Vandy's Are they really good? I think that, that defense is is really really good. And I mean, think about this: the defense was was really good last year. Uh, fourth nationally in t- red zone touchdown percentage, sixth, na- sixth nationally in, in third down uh, defense. They had a thousand yard back on an offense in which he was literally the only player that did anything. Yeah. Um, you know, they are a a serviceable. I mean, and I'm talking like just complete passes forward, quarterback away <laughs> from being a bowl team. And so, yeah, I mean that that's a tough one though. If if, well, if they beat Missouri, South Carolina, and Vandy, that's Three, that's three and five at worst in the SEC. Then he's he's fine, and he'll get that time. And then next year, Kentucky will be a, a pretty good team. All right. Uh, before I let you go, when you sort of look at the SEC next year, I mean, I, I, I Tennessee is the one I always think about because we have to deal with those stupid fans, and they haven't been Tennessee in twenty years. I guess they made one championship game, maybe in like. I don't know what year it was, 01, 02, something like that. But really since really since Peyton and T. Martin have they been Tennessee. But they still in their mind believe they are Tennessee. Is this the year they're finally Tennessee again, or is it just more hype and they go 8-4? and four? Oh, this is the year for sure. I mean, I think, um, you know, Tennessee is, is right on schedule. You know, they, they've sort of matched their expectation, at their, their, their preseason prognostication every year uh, under Butch Jones. And, you know, the logical next step for a team that was 9-4 and four last year and lost four really close games, three of which were, you know, two really good teams, Florida at that time, uh, and then Alabama and Oklahoma, who were playoff teams, could have beat any, could have beat all of them. I mean, they were that close. Florida so, wasn't that good. We almost beat them. Well, well Florida wasn't that good uh, down the stretch, but Florida in, well, We played them right. I think man, we, played them, we played them We played them right at the beginning, right. too. I mean, we had we that game. Right. Right. Kentucky, it, that's an interesting thing about Kentucky. They could have beaten but, a lot of teams that they didn't beat, but then, but anyway, go true. ahead. Go ahead. Well, yeah, I mean, but Tennessee was right on the brink, and, and you know, they took Alabama to the, to the wire on the road. They took Florida to the wire on the road. Should have won probably one of those games. Both of those games are at home next year. They have the most experienced roster in the SEC East by far. I mean, people said, well, they haven't had any draft picks in two years. Tennessee's a debacle. I'm like, well, yeah, because their draft picks are playing college football still. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's, that's, that's a good thing. Um, you know, and so, yeah, I, I think this is the year. I, unless there's a, a, you know, just a complete meltdown or an injury um, to Joshua Dobbs or something, uh, they, they should win the, the SEC East. Uh, there, there's no reason for them not to at this point. I want them to lose, though, because I cannot stand Tennessee in any form. And I enjoy the fact that they haven't been good. But I'm worried that you're, uh, you're exactly right. So pick Kentucky's record. Oh, man. I'm sort of back and forth, 6-6 six and six and 5-7. and seven. Yeah. Well, that's what they've I been mean, the last few years. So it would be right there with it. Yeah. I mean, it, it dep- I, like he's going back to what you said earlier, it depends on Drew Barker. I mean, he, he's got a lot of talent. But and he's got a pretty decent wide receiving core that that's yeah, got potential anyway. 
I think you and, can make a strong claim, by the way, Barrett, just from here. We don't know about Barker, but really every other position on the field, you can make a strong claim they're going to be better than they were last year. I mean, I, that's what yeah. makes me a little bit more confident than others is just because – but their schedule's harder. Like last year, yeah. the, last year they had the schedule to make a run and they didn't. That's the only thing that worries me. Yeah, I mean, and, and really, how consistent are you going to be defensively? I mean, because you do lose a lot of folks. And I, there's talent with the players, sure. But, you know, how consistent are you going to be? Are you going to have to score 30 points a game? I, maybe. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's, maybe. That's, that's the problem. Can you trust Drew Barker to do that? I, I think you can. You could eventually. He's got the kind of talent where you can trust him to do that eventually. I don't know if you can right now. So I, if, I had to, if, if I had to pick it right now, I'd say – I'd say six and six. They go to to Birmingham or something like that. All right. Well, who everybody loves Legion Field in uh, December. <laughs> Lovely in December. Uh, Barrett Sally from uh, let's see B A R R E T T S A L L E E. That's me. You have a lot of double letters. You got the R's, know, the like, T's, the L's, and the E's. Right. Kids in elementary school made sure I knew that too. At Barrett Sally on uh, Twitter, follow him a great SEC uh, follow. Thanks for taking the time. Appreciate it. My pleasure, Matt. Thanks for having me. I'm going to take a second here and just remind you about Vistaprint, 500 business cards for $9.99. Business cards, everybody needs them. Like if you have a small business or if you're thinking about one or if you just want to, you know, have things to give out to people, vistaprint.com. Promo code is MATT for this podcast. A lot of you ask sometimes, how do we support the podcast? I enjoy it. Here's the easiest way. Go to vistaprint.com, get 500 business cards, $9.99. And if you want something else, invitations, stationery, banners, maybe pins, Whatever you want, they'll print it. No reason to go to a store. You know, it goes through all this process. You have to design it, et cetera. You can do it yourself, sitting at your computer, and it'll deliver right to your house. And if it doesn't look like you want, they will fix it for you at Vistaprint. So, again, vistaprint.com, promo code MATT, 500 business cards, $9.99. Check them out. All right, now uh, we're going to welcome onto the show a good friend of the show and a friend of mine, our, our buddy Josh Hopkins from, you know, Hollywood actor, Cougar Town, Quantico. What's going on, Josh? Hey, oh, thanks for having me, Matt. This hey. is kind of cool. Yeah, thank you. Podcasts are cool. You can cuss on them, right? You can cuss. Feel free. I will. I mean, I'm. I... Shit. <laughs> I got that over with. You did. I'm glad. Yeah. The state yeah. of Kentucky's happy about that. Uh, yeah, yeah, we haven't I'm... talked to you in a while. I mean, it's been a it's been a long time. I mean, you you were up there in like Montreal doing the whole Quantico thing, right? Ten months. Ten months in Montreal. Well, explain to me why Quantico, a story about U.S. Central Intelligence, was based in Montreal. Because they get seventy cents to the dollar. <laughs> That's why. So it's just cheaper tax, to do it there? Tax reasons, yep. Tax reasons, and then the Canadian dollar's not doing well now, so it behooves them. It used to be the opposite, right? Like, it used to be yeah. it cost more to be in Canada. I didn't realize they well, had yeah. that much problems. When I was younger, there was a lot of uh, Trudeau's going to get them out of it. They like him. Um, but when I was younger, I used to go to Canada a lot, and that all quit. And then they're, because their dollar got better than ours... And then there was tax incentives, you know, coming up all over the place in Louisiana and North Carolina, and they actually passed the bill in Kentucky. Yes, they did. As good as we, yeah. So, um, but now that the dollar is doing poorly there, there's a lot going back there. You know, the uh, the Trudeau guy, I think they just like him because he's handsome, right? Like, I don't know if he's going to be, is, is it just because if you get a guy that's that good looking and has that good a hair, everybody just assumes he'll save your country? That has to help. I mean, they were super, they were, he's like, I don't even know what their parties are called there, but he's, he's liberal. Yeah. And the last guy they had was super conservative so that, you know, they're doing a full swing. So they feel, you know, I feel like, you know, a change. Did you like get immersed in Canada? Did you like start watching hockey and all that or no? I hate hockey (laughs) and, and I hate it more through being in, in Canada. I hate it. I mean, I really hate it. Who? Why do you hate it, it so everywhere much? Everywhere I go, because it's just. I, I I was indifferent about it before Canada, but if you go to Canada, you can't escape it. First of all, it's sports centre. Sports centre. That's right. I watched sports all the Centre-ray. Jamal Murray stuff on there, right? Yes, yes, and sports centre, and. It, the lead story, it'll be like the Final Four, and like, all right, well, junior nationals, women's hockey, 
<laughs> 12 and under. Here we're leading. Look at Susan Sifter. She scored a hat trick. And I'm just like, please, God, kill me. Stop it. I can't. I, I, it, it's the worst. I hate hockey. Do you, when you were up there for the Jamal Murray era, though, they seemed to really like him. That was a one positive that they would do like and canada's jamal murray scored right here yeah man it was great great shot a three-pointer goal they don't know what a they're three doing pointer goal. <laughs> yeah i was uh when i really years ago i forget even what i was shooting but this this will tell you how i am and how long ago by how i was up there and i was in toronto shooting and I went to a, a game, and I th- it was it was Shaq was playing. I guess it was the Lakers, so it was around that time, right? Yes. And these three guys behind me, I almost just turned around and punched them because they were so annoying. They were just they're like, yeah, you know what they should do is do the lob shot for a dunk for now. You dunk shot for Shaq every time, and yeah, that's what they should do. Yeah, man, they should just do that every time. Just lob it up for a dunk shot for Shaq. <laughs> for Shaq. And then like twice for twice. Twice in the game, they did it. And they're like, see, that's unstoppable. Now, why don't they just lob it for Shaq every time, eh? And I was just like, God. You know, I think think that should be your next project, just doing a Canadian accent in some movie. I feel like that's that's what you're destined to do. It may be my favorite thing I've I've heard of you in the acting wise. (laughs) Yeah, dunk shot for Shaq, yeah. So you you did Quantico. Now, I, I watched it. For a couple episodes, and I kind of I couldn't do it anymore. You're not you weren't on it enough. I mean, there was too many young, pretty people who looked to be in desperate situations. Were you kind of like the old man on the show? Yeah, it was weird. It was weird to be the old guy on it, the show. It, it was just it happened so fast, Matt. You used to be I young, was a young rookie. You were young, stud, just yes. like not long ago. <laughs> I mean, I was in GI Jane, and I was, you know, going through. I was an instructor. I was going through, you know, to be a SEAL buds, and I blinked, and I'm the instructor. Actually, one day, pretty early in the shoot, I was like doing like a, you know, we were shooting something where I was in front of the class, and I kind of gathered the group, and I just put my arms around and said, "Listen to me. Treasure this, because it goes really fast." I used to be in Top Gun, like you, but now I'm an instructor at Top Gun. I was Tom Cruise, and now I woke up, I blinked, and now I'm Tom Skerritt. Take <laughs> advantage of this. Enjoy <laughs> it. Well, I mean, yeah. luckily, you still like you still look young enough that, like, you know, oh, you can very kind. You can still hang, uh, hang. I mean, I've been with you out. Like, young women are still coming up to you, but I did think it was funny that you were like a teacher. I mean, it was you were kind of like the grizzled veteran, and I, I mean, I'm an old guy. It's painful, man. It just happens quick. Stop. I forgot. I didn't realize you were in GI Jane. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. You got to go I saw, back. I, I was Flea, Flea Montgomery, yeah. That was a long mm-hmm. time. I remember that. I didn't realize that you did that. Now, you, 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 what's, what's from an acting standpoint, now, after you've done a show like that, you got killed off, right? Spoiler alert. You got killed off, mm-hmm. and you're gone. Is the show coming back, but without you? It is. No it chance is for, like, flashback scenes a la the Danny no. and Bloodline no. season two? Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. I'm not Jon Snow. Okay, well that's I'm out. You're out. All right, so you're gone. Yeah. So what do you do now? Like, I mean, are you gonna like go and and do another show? Are you gonna do a movie? Are you gonna do like an infomercial? Like, where are we doing? I'm doing it. Yeah, I'm gonna think about doing a shake weight type of thing, like an ab. Yeah, infomercials. <laughs> um, I hope not that. I think I you would be good on a shake weight thing. I yeah, think, I do too. I think you'd be good. No, but what, what do we do? What do you? Are you gonna take some time off? I always feel like actors are always taking time off. Well, I sort of did. I had PTSD after 10 months in Montreal and, and full-on, all-on hockey all the time, all the, everywhere. So I sort of took a month off. I had a family vacation, my parents and nieces and nephews and everybody. I, uh, I definitely rebelled. I have a beard. I cut myself into a mohawk. Seriously, wait, you, you have, have a, wait, a minute, wait a minute. You have a beard? You have a beard and a mohawk. Oh, why did I not, not see a, a picture of this? Was this not out on? Part. Was for, this online? Um, I'm sure on my Instagram, 
Mr. Josh Hopkins, MR. Um, there's pictures of the family. You can't really tell it's a uh, mohawk, really, because it looks like from the front, it looks just kind of high and tight. It's one of those, you know, like buddy healed mohawks. Oh, you know it's a buddy healed mohawk. Wider, okay, gotcha. You know, yes. kind of wider. See, you're, but, you're, you're, you're confident. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't do like shave parts of my head because I'd be worried it wouldn't grow back. And I, I guess you feel, you feel <laughs> confident enough in, in, your, in your hair to do that. I guess I, that's pretty lucky at 45 to be able to. But I, yeah, I, uh, I, I rebelled, and that month is over. I got back last weekend from the trip, and now I've been reading scripts and setting doctor's appointments and getting back to my life. Good. You're not married yet, right? I know that's coming. It's no, no. I'm, no. I'm looking for it. I hope I can at least come to the wedding. I want to meet celebrities. Can if if that's <laughs> I mean that's what I want to do. I want to meet all the big stars that will be at your wedding. You'll be the biggest celebrity there. <laughs> I don't believe Pride Grant will yeah. be there as long yeah, as he's there. That's that's yeah. that's a big one. Um, all right, let's talk a little basketball here because I, you're you know you are. I think you've kind of become Kentucky's most famous fan. I mean, Ashley's still around and doing her thing, but really, you're out there more than Ashley now. So I'm going to give That's you that's nice. But Ashley is Ashley's the king, the queen, the whole court. Let's don't forget that. Look, I She's love Ashley. Ashley's one. wonderful, and she has been there since day one. But I'm just saying to you, we have we can have two, and we can have like you know, I mean, when Ashley's on season two of Quantico, I'll replace you with her. I mean, we're, we're okay, okay, so. Fair. This season, the thing I here's how I know how, how Kentucky's doing by how many like frustrated text messages I get from you because yeah. you rarely text me when things are good. You genuinely usually text me when they're bad, and you get frustrated. And I, I felt do. like you were frustrated a lot of the year, so I guess you weren't surprised when we lost to Indiana. Um. That's I'm still pissed off. I don't, you know, it was the tournaments. <laughs> See, Wisconsin, you're just you're frustrated Wisconsin, like right now. Wisconsin, it still haunts us. We all can talk about last year. We can talk about next year, whatever. But Wisconsin's there. Yeah, it's still. There, it's still eats well, let's at talk us every about day. We wake up every day. You see Carl Anthony Towns and Devin Booker on the first team. You're like, ah, oh, man. Turns out Ulysses is almost lottery. Yeah, it's great, but we didn't win. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that because you were at that game, and and mm-hmm. and I will remember that night for a long time because we lost, and Ryan and I set up to do the post game show. And you just sort of wandered into our hotel lobby like a stray puppy. You were really sad, and I think you were just looking for somebody to commiserate with. And you sat with us and did the post game show with us, and it was like the most sad night ever, right? I mean, what are your what are your it memories was. of that? I just remember leaving the arena, stunned, disbelief, knowing this was going to haunt me f- till I die, and. <laughs> I literally just walked around, like, just walked, slow walked like a zombie. Yeah. Like, through Indianapolis, like, mm-hmm, I don't know what to do. And I remember I just walked towards that hotel. And there you guys were, like, it was just you two. There was nobody around. There was, was no one else it there. Was, yeah. It, it, it was pathetic sight. It was sad. <laughs> I needed to talk, but I didn't even – it. it if you remember, like you were like, say, you know, join the podcast, and I couldn't talk at first. I was like, mm, you won't just talk. Yeah, you just, just sit there and looked at us for a minute. You were just like, it was, but I knew what you were feeling. Like, I mean, Ryan was so upset. And you know, it was one thirty in the morning when the show was over. He just drove home. He drove back to Lexington that night. He was so bummed out. And I think you and I went to like find something to to do, but it was just because you knew like history had just slipped through our fingers, right? Yeah, yeah. Never, you know. It's that doesn't. Uh, it just hurts when you know you're the best team. That's about what last year was. It's like we knew we weren't the best team, but we knew with that backcourt that matchups, what they are, we could go. You, there's a possibility of us going, you know, UConn. Yes, there was. I think that's fair. You know, that's and so it was heartbreaking. But you know, in the end, you lose that game. You're like, I can't believe that in Wisconsin. Damn it! <laughs> so is Wisconsin, Wisconsin just, all right? So is it, has it passed Duke for you, or is it? I mean, where, where does Wisconsin rank in your mind? I mean, 
I mean, Duke, the Duke Leitner shot, you know, was like stunning. And I mean, I wrote it every year in my like uh, daily planner for 20 years. I wrote the, you know, 14th anniversary of the Duke loss. Like I wrote it in every year, like with when I did birthdays, I've stopped doing that. Yeah. That, that, even though we lost that, it was like, wow, what a team, what history, Yeah. the unforgettables and the Kentucky kids and doing it. And, you know, there was some bit of, we were in the best game ever. That was fun. I don't know. That's, that still hurts. This, this, this is more, there's no, there's no upside to this. It was all or nothing. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, you can always say we were part of the best game of all time, and he mm-hmm. ha- et cetera. But with this, it's just deflating. Now, do you, I mean, can you appreciate the greatness of that team even though we lost? Sure, sure. Okay. It, who cares? I mean, you know. <laughs> who cares? Who cares? But yes, I do. And I think, wow, we're so long and box and great defense, but who, who cares? Yeah. You know, you know, it, it just Do you do you like hurts. I can't I don't know if I've ever had this conversation with you. Do you like the Harrisons? Um, I mean, I grew to appreciate them. I I uh sorta I don't know, not new, but I talked myself into believing, but knew they weren't what, you know, never gonna be the number four and six draft pick or whatever when they you know when they came out of college. I thought there was a little hype about them being twins, which it turned out right. But I, you know, after that run the year before and Andrew hitting those shots, of course I like them. You know, I think they but, get bum. Yeah, I do rap. too. I do too. I, I want to make sure you agree. With I think me some that. people. I think his father, their father, yeah, kind of like leaves a bad taste in people's mouth. You know, but for no reason, then he just loves and wants the best for his kids. But we were all kind of like, they're not good as you think. Stop. But that's, I mean, isn't that the sort of like any time a parent, like, isn't there a sense in which we shouldn't know any, we shouldn't know these parents? Are they like, yes. are they like referees when you know them? Often there's yeah. a problem. Yeah, 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 yes. I can't blame him, but it just, there was something about that, just that, I think that's more of the dislike, something from that side, the, the thinking they should be, I don't know, we gave them, I don't know. You know what's funny is you sound just like you did that night. Like it's been a year and a half and nothing's changed. You know, also that, and then the John Wall lost to West Virginia. That one's tough. Yeah. That was tough. Because I say, Wisconsin was a good team. If we played them 100 times with that team, I think we beat them 75 times. I'd say okay. I'd say seventy, but yeah, I mean you, you're right. They would have won a lot of games. Right, they're a good team. West Virginia, we beat them. We played them with that team. We beat them ninety-eight times. We beat them ninety-eight times with John Wall and Boogie and Bledsoe and and Patterson, and we beat them ninety-eight times, and they handled us. They did. Didn't just beat us, handled us. You're exactly, and mm-hmm. with their backup point guard. You know, like their backup yeah. point guard became Chris Paul for a night. I mean, it was kind of yeah, insane. And you knew he would. You knew he would. Everyone knew he'd be a cat killer. Yeah. <sighs> so right, well, that one hurts d- just because of percentages and the Wisconsin just because of the history. Do the losses hurt you more than the wins help? Yeah. You're one yeah, of those people, right? Like you sad, remember yeah. the losses more than the wins. Yeah. Why do you think yeah. that is? I don't know, probably just a commentary on my, I hate myself, probably. If, if we were going to talk to a therapist, that's probably where he'd boil it down to. Somehow I hate myself, so that's what I focus on. But besides, besides that, I'd say that, I don't know, those, I think everyone, they stand, I mean, the great wins, you know, when I think Indiana, I still think the John Wallace, or the you know, when they hit that shot, you know, uh, I don't think of all the times we beat them. And then maybe I think of the Derek Anderson dunk on them one year. Yeah. But, but uh, just the losses, the losses just stick out because I guess we're lucky because we have so many more great wins than bad losses. Yeah, and it's easy to remember, like it's easier to remember the game that you lost in every tournament. But can you remember, for instance, our entire 2012 title run? 
No. Like I'd have to, I could do it, but I'd have to think about it. Like we opened, mm-hmm. we opened with Western, and then I think we beat Iowa State, didn't we, with Royce White? Which was that was the scariest because when you're a team like that, you're always worried about that there's somebody out there you don't know. Yes, that is that is actually one of the best players ever, and he he could have been if he wasn't crazy. Yeah. <laughs> And, I think that's true. And he and he almost won that game. He almost did that for them. It's the it's the Dwayne Wade. Yeah, no, he had an amazing game. We won. We were up eight or ten most of the game, but he kept them in, and he they were very good. And then we beat oh, Indi- yeah. we beat Indiana. You remember that game was up and down the court. It was an awesome game. The Indiana that's the game. best game we played all year, and they took us to the to the end. I mean, we shot like missed like two free throws. I mean, we played the best game, and they still hung with us. That was a great game. And then we beat Baylor. Right, that was a good. That, yeah. uh, and then, of course, Louisville. How nervous were you for that Louisville game? Mm. Like I was petrified, but you. I was. I was actually in Miami to do a triathlon the next day, and you did a triathlon. I didn't know that. It's not like an Ironman. It's a triathlon. Everyone's thinks but, I. But I, wait a minute! I was with you in New Orleans. You and me and Rex. Yeah, the hung next out. day I came. Okay, I came the right. next day I came Monday morning. Okay, that's right. Because I, I remember we hung out. Waited. Speaking of that, when did I come Sunday night? I don't remember, but yeah. Speaking of that, Rex, that I, he seems to be doing a lot better. Have you gotten to talk to him much? Yeah, yeah. What, am mm-hmm. I right in that he seems to be doing a lot better? He's doing great. He's doing great. He's actually living out in L.A. and is coming over. We're going to go to lunch. He'll be a special guest star on this in a, in a second. Oh, he's on his way right now? Yeah, sometime. Yeah, I know, yeah. Huh. Well, I didn't realize that. Well, I'm glad to see that he's that he's that he is doing well. That makes me happy. I talked to him not that long ago, and uh, was glad to hear about. It. Now, you are also big into recruiting, right? Like, didn't you ha- you had Sandy Bell once tell you to stop something? Tell that story. Sure. Uh, who did I tweet? I don't know. I just was like, uh, I don't remember who it was, but it, was, it, it wasn't even direct. It was like, you know, something where I was like, he was like, it's snowing here. And I was like, it's, it's real pretty Kentucky right now. Something like that. Yeah. And that's all I said. But then one time I went to the game, she was like, hey, Josh, don't tweet players. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that's a good point. I'm way too old to be tweeting 17-year-old boys. So it's, but you, you know. really like, like you follow recruiting, like you, you, you follow it on KSR and on the Kentucky.com side and like you follow it and you, are you excited about these guys coming up? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I worry about this team. I, I mostly have worries cause that's how I am. You see this, right? Yes. You so, do. so you want to hear my worries? Okay. What's you your worry? hear what I, what I like. Okay. okay but give me both. Bad. I'll tell you what, start with what you like. Okay, well, I like the fact that we're going to have the most athletic backcourt, including the NBA. We will have that. We will have the most athletic backcourt in the world. Really? Well, you know, I mean, it'll be up there. I mean, yeah. I don't – tell me Tell me one more. You want to say who's athletic. better? Okay. Um, Westbrook and whoever he's playing with. But, I mean, in general, yeah. you're right. We're up there. I mean, I think that's fair. All right, so we got – love the athleticism. What else? Mm-hmm. You love that we got – a guy with huge motor that dunks everything, and his name's Bam. <laughs> I mean, you you can't write that. No, you can't. You know, you you gotta love that. Very you, few times um, does a player's name make the sound that he will make. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You know, onomatopoeia. And he is just onomatopoeia. It, it's what he is. That can be your nickname for him, onomatopoeia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's spread that onomatopoeia, people. I don't know how to spell it, so somebody hashtag it. Okay, and uh, so yeah, I'm with you so far. And then what else? You you like Derek Willis? You like your uh, Bullet County? Yeah, of course. You know he worries me. <laughs> Why he does he worry me? you? Because I think he's fragile. <laughs> <laughs> we make... need him. We're depending on him. And he seems we really are. Fragile. But but you I know, but mean, he's got this I girlfriend. Mean I, mean I mean mentally. I, I know we all are afraid she's going to break up in February and our season will be over. We're all, we all follow his Instagram. He's in love and we're all happy for him, but I'm scared. But don't they see this, this girl holds so much responsibility to me and she didn't even know me. (laughs) 
That's true. I mean, you're exactly My right about that. My happiness rests on, on her. She seems, cool. I will say this, she seems awesome. Like, I've gotten she to know her does. a little bit, and she's cool. Like, she and Derek are both kind of out there. Like, they're kind of living in space a little bit. But you I, know what? I, well, good. They need to. I love that. And maybe they found each other. That's what I need. That's what I need to hear. Yes, they I do. I love that. And she seems very cool. And she's beautiful. And they look like they're having fun. But, like, they're out on trips. And I'm like, get off the beach and get in the gym, bro. See, you, the, I, I knew you. that's what you do. Like, you think, like, why is he on the beach and not shooting free throws, right? Like, that's what you're saying, aren't you? I, I, I like to see him putting in the work. I like to see more. I'd like to see more Brad Calipari posts from him. So what happens? Like, yeah, what, oh, you want to see him in the gym, like doing that? Yeah, yeah. So uh, what happens if she breaks up with him in February? Are, are we done? Is are we that fragile? That's what I worry. That's interesting. I worry we're we're that we're a uh, yes. I'm what are afraid. your other worries? Okay, so that's uh, Derek Wills' girlfriend is one worry. Yes. Uh, other worries are not enough returning players i mean briscoe's the key thank god he came back yes he is the key because he is not fragile no he's not i mean he's a he reminds me of bogans like he's just a mentally tough and he's gonna go out there and hopefully he'll find his shot a little bit we can't you know he's not gonna come out and be a splash brother but hopefully he'll do that but he's not gonna be afraid of these guys coming in that's for sure. He likes the challenge. He likes so. I love him. I love that he's back. He's like, if we play Michigan State or something, that'll be the guy. I'm like, well, at least we got one guy that's like a Michigan State player. That's true. That's him. And I think you, know, you can't, you can't underestimate my man Dominique Hawkins. I mean, nope. Dominique nope. won the Louisville game last year. You know, I mean, like he I can, agree. He, he he in the games like that, he may have a dom game. Oh, for sure. For sure. You, you can only love him. He is a warrior as well and a Kentucky guy and a senior and love it. But he's not Darius Miller. No, he's not. No, he's not. no, he's not. You know what I mean? He's do you not feel, that. And do you feel good about Isaac? I about. What do you think about Isaac? I think that he could he could be good if he stops putting uh, pretty Instagram pictures and gets in the gym. <laughs> <laughs> you you, you, you didn't like that picture today of him looking at the stars, did you? You didn't like yeah, that. Mate. No. <laughs> no, yeah, no. I got to shoot the basketball. All right. No, I I I want him in the gym, not not singing does, Adele does, and putting up pictures. He does seem like gym. it does seem like he likes the beautiful landscapes of Australia, though. I I appreciate it, but enough. Let's get in there and put up some shots. Let's get in the lab, as they call it. Yeah, mate. What about? Ty- <laughs> you're gonna keep. You're getting me tickled. What about Ty Winyard? What do you think about Ty Winyard? I mean, nobody knows what. Nobody knows anything. You know. I hopefully he seems like a great kid, and hopefully he'll stick around and be a contributor before he goes. But I mean. You look at it and you're like, we, we needed one thing last year. Yes. We needed a big, like, physical Strong. presence. Yes, we did. And he came and joined the team and he never played one second. So, I've got to say. And he refused to go in the game one really time. really ready. That, 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 right. that made me nervous that he refused to go in the game. I mean, it was a smart thing to do, I guess, but that, I didn't like that. Yeah, well, but, but we don't know. I, I hope he can – do something i hope i think charles matthews is going to hurt next year i agree with that he would he would have been a great junior wouldn't he i think that's a really good that's a really good take i I agree with you do you think brad calipari plays i mean we need a sniper and that's what he no i'm just kidding uh no i don't i mean see i think he's gonna play i do i think he's gonna play some in, in 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 serious situations well Maybe. I mean, look, first of all, don't underestimate the stubbornness of Cal to blame no matter what. You know what I mean? I mean, one thing I've, I've, you can't, you, you can't underestimate nepotism. No, you can't. <laughs> and if I had a kid on the team, he'd be playing, I'm sure. Exactly. Because, 
I'd be like, he's good. He just he's he hadn't played well yet, but he's good. And he's gotten no, he's would, gotten in shape, and he's thin now. He's not the chubby Brad that before no, he left. He's grown up. He looks great. I love that he's on the team. Well, seems like a great kid. Um, I mean, but are we really discussing? I mean, no, he doesn't. I'm just, I'm just wanting to prepare you so that I don't get a text message like sometime during the Arizona State game in the Bahamas going, are we really putting Brad in right now? Like, I think that's coming, and I think you're not going to be ready when it happens. I, I don't. I, you're right. I won't be ready. That's exactly uh, – all right, I know you got to go to lunch, so just a couple things real quick. Are you – do you uh, – how long do you think Calipari stays at Kentucky? I know you're boys with some folks in Lexington. you got sources. I don't have sources on that. I mean, we nobody – I don't think he knows, you know. Um, I – the longer he stays, the longer I think he just retires there. I mean, I, you know, maybe somebody will – just make him an offer sometime that he can't refuse. Like the Cavs, they just sell out to him and give him so much money, and he's got a championship contender, and he's like, ah, I got to go. But we've already had him maybe longer than we thought. Maybe, yeah, I hoped. think that's probably and right. So, I thought we'd have him five to seven years. I don't, yeah. I don't even think about it anymore because, you know, we're living in such a great era where we're always number one recruiting class. And I look back to – you know, just right before when we were like, we signed like Orton, and he was like the number twenty-eight player, and we had a parade yes. in Lexington. But we got I Dakota mean, Uton and Vinny Zolo and and, yeah. and Ma- <laughs> Michael <laughs> Avery and Casey yeah, Ross Miller. Exactly, and I was like, okay, I mean, he can shoot for a big guy. I mean, I was, I was all in. You would be I, like, I, Vinny Zolo's feet are big, and that means yeah. he's going to grow more. Exactly, because we were all there. We all needed something. We were like, yes, Dakota, he's averaging eight points and four boards in high school. Which is, you know, playing out of position, though. See, that was the thing, he was out of position. That was a really good point, is if you you play him out of position, what do you expect? You're exactly right. exactly. And Connor Tucker, remember him? He was good. Yeah. Yeah. And all the walk-ons. We had a lot of walk-ons that maybe in Mm -hmm. the right situation could have contributed Mm -hmm. if things had been. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Matt Sherbinsky was a coach on the bench, right? He was was, a good leader. Yeah. Yeah. Let me, I never got your take on, at least on the air, the Louisville scandal. What's your take been from afar on that? Are you, have you been entertained by it? I guess just entertainment. I think it's, I mean, it's entertaining, I suppose, but I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't, it's much ado about nothing, but I think that happens probably a lot of places and, and they got caught. And it, you think there's a lot of places where the coaches hire prostitutes? Uh, not, no, no, that's no, but I'm sure, uh, a lot of visits, you know, to different campuses, players have a really good time. I'm sure. I mean, when you visited the set of Cougar Town for the first time, I'm sure they like help you, you like you have a great trip, but there's a difference between that and prostitutes. Oh, for sure. Uh, for sure. I'm just saying, I don't, don't think. Patino knew. I don't know. I, I don't even. I don't know. You still yeah. have affinity though for Rick. Like, you, like he holds a piece of your heart, right? I mean, I hate Rick Patino on a very first surface level because how do you go to Louisville? How do you? And the shit you've been saying. But on a global level, he's in my bunker. You know, it's when you look at the broad scheme of life, I'm with him. Over ISIS, okay? <laughs> well, like, that'd be a fair together. point. <laughs> I'm with we're him together. over ISIS. Yeah, but I think a lot of people don't. Like a lot of people. Oh come on! Yeah, I'm with him over ISIS. But are you with him over? How about this? Are you with him over Trump? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. You got Rick over Trump. Okay. Yeah. 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 All I think right, well. both about as qualified to be president. 
I can't believe you made the sentence, I'm with Rick over ISIS. Like, that was a legitimate <laughs> question. Which one, Rick or ISIS in a, uh, in a thing? All right, last question. Give me my all-time Josh Hopkins favorite five UK players starting team. Not the best five, but the five that you have the, the, the fondest memories in your heart. Wow, that's tough. You know, I have to start with Rex. Okay. I mean, my fandom of Rex just... You inducted Rex into the UK Hall of Fame. Like, how yeah, I mean, it, that, that, how awesome is that? I mean, he's coming over for lunch. It's my childhood idol of all time. I mean, imagine, like, all the time, like, if I talk to him, I'm still like... Yeah, yeah that sure, didn't happen Rex. for and me. And then inside, I'm like... <laughs> that didn't happen for me. Gary Coleman is not my friend. And yet, oh. it, and it happened for you that the guy... I think you... You probably dodged a bullet, though. <laughs> probably so, but when I was a kid, I really liked Gary Coleman. I'm not going to lie to you. I did, too. I even saw his movie where he picked all the right horses. Did you ever see that one? No. What was it called? Oh, so I don't know, but it was. I loved it. He like he was like a homeless boy in like the train station, and then he started being able to pick all the right horses to really? win, and then he became famous and rich, and yeah, it was great. Ooh, I, that sounds good. I'm going to have to look that up. All right, so Rex yeah. Chapman, who are your others? <sighs> I mean, Tony Delk. Well, really, Tony Delk. That's not a lot of yeah. people would put Delk. So you got Delk. Yeah. I actually put up a, um, like a month ago, three weeks ago, a picture of me and my buddy Griggs with Tony Delk that he sent to me. He was cleaning out his house. I was like, that's so cool. And then he reminded me of the story. It was at, it was his senior year of high school. And he was, it was at the McDonald's All-American game. And we drove there from Auburn. It was at Georgia Tech for some reason. Okay. And we drove there and we found, we like went up in his hotel and found him. (laughs) That's that picture. (laughs) You went in Tony Delk's hotel at the McDonald's game. That's not weird at all, Josh. I mean, Mm -hmm. that would make complete sense. Uh -uh. Uh Uh-uh. Rod Rhodes, found Rod Rhodes was there. Yeah, that was a good Um, class, right? Because you had then, was McCarty at that? No, he was, I think the year before, wasn't he? No, he was in that class. Well, maybe, maybe he wasn't. Yeah, maybe he, he might not have been McDonald's sure. All-American, though, yeah. Um, but, yeah, we found him, so that was pretty spectacular. But that picture, you can almost see it. If you look at it now with those fresh eyes, it's like, he's kind of like, this is weird. <laughs> <laughs> it is a little weird. These guys weird. are a little older than me, and they were camping out outside my... Yeah, but you know what's funny is out. you're older than them, but not old enough that like he can complete like like if you're an older guy, they'd be like, well, this is just a dorky older guy. But you're close enough to his age in college that it's like this is maybe even a little stranger, right? <laughs> like like yeah, don't yeah. these guys it's, have something else to do at Auburn? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was weird. All right, still, so Rex and still, Delk, still weird. Who else? Rex and Delk. Oh, uh, addendum to that, we uh, cornered Othella Harrington at that thing and uh, told him he was one of the undecideds and told him he ripped Kentucky needed a post. That's all they needed was a post player or whatever. And he pretended to listen or whatever. You know, he was very nice. And the next day, he added Kentucky to his list. Oh, really? And you all and were we like, look what we, we did. To, yeah, yeah, we thought we, we had done something. But That's great. I, don't know. I love the it idea was, that you could have happy. brought Othella Harrington to UK. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Been a hell of a class. Um, man, it's so hard. I'm going to forget someone, you know? Um, who? Mm. Well, all right, let me give you a couple of suggestions. I mean, can, do you not have like John Wall? Yeah, but he's so universal. Oh, you want, well, Rex is pretty universal too. I yeah, mean. yeah, he is. He is. But Rex was undeniable. I mean, John Wall, yeah, it's great. But, you know, Bledsoe, how do you not love him? Yeah, that's true. But um, I got to go older, too. You know, I got to go with, like, uh, who the, um, Richard Madison. Richard Madison, really? Loved him. Loved him, the Master Blaster. The Master Blaster making the list, okay. He so you- won the, the, the McCall's American Dunk Contest before, and that wasn't even televised and stuff. Like that, but so Rex Delk and the Master Blaster, you get two more spots. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll go with Svoboda. No, I will go I with Svoboda. Uh, I do too. I just can't make my final five there. Mash. Mash, okay. And 
I really like James Blackman. Ooh, nice. Uh, he was just cool when when I was. I don't know how old I was, like eleven or twelve, and and uh, Blackman and Winston Bennett came in. They both had Jerry curls. <laughs> and you like that? And it, oh, it's just like we are cool. We are cool. Finally, cool. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, that's a, that's an interesting life. See, mine is very simple. Mine is McGlore. 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 Cousins. Tayshon. You're a big man. You're a big man. Yeah, big man. Tayshon's good. McGlore, Cousins. I go Tayshon. I have a weird one that I'm I'm partial to is Brandon Knight. I really like Brandon oh, Knight. Oh, I love Brandon Knight. Yeah, I, he, I, loved, I love him. I loved sort of he's how been, tough he was and like he's, he's unsung. He's looked even now because he's a fringe all-star even now and people don't talk about him. Yeah, he's completely overlooked. I'm not sure that we've ever had a player that was really good. That Gilchrist. Was Gilchrist, I gotta, he's on there somewhere somehow. Oh yeah, you I loved, loved him. him. I, you loved him, KG. Didn't you? I actually have on. I just picked it up from like a drawer the other day, and just put it on. And I've worn it for two days. I have my what would Michael Kidd Gilchrist do um, breaks it on? Yes, I used to have one of those too. It's it's actually worn off completely. I I have it on right now. I have it on my wrist now. Yeah, and then you know my fifth one. I guess I'm probably gonna go. I'm gonna go Wukash Orbzut, but it's more yeah, just because he's, he's an awesome. Because he's an awesome. Yeah. He's an awesome dude. Well, he is awesome. Now we we gotta do this again. This is a perfect format for having you on, right? Just sit it's there. Just, j- just sit here and chat. So you'll do this again with me sometime. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll talk to Rex. Here it comes. Talk to Rex. Well, here, just let him say hello. Tell him what we're doing. Okay. Hey. Matt Jones, we're doing a podcast. Just you're on the air. Uh, hey, what's up, Matt? What's going on, Rex? The Matt Jones, your first Matt Jones podcast appearance. We're going to have you on sometime. Going to lunch with our man Josh. I see. Have, have me, on. have me on. Josh always lets me come over as long as I agree not to steal anything. <laughs> Look at you. See, I love it. I'm glad. Hey, let's talk soon. All right. Let's do it. All right. Uh, good deal. Good talk to you. Good talking to you. Hey, Josh. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you. Enjoy lunch. Yeah, thanks, buddy. Take care. Bye-bye. Center lawyers, guns, and